Hey guys, it's your girl Jenny Farley and you are watching The Shmi Show. Welcome back to The Shmi Show. Up next, we have our very special guest. Personally, I don't think she needs an introduction, but in case you've been living under a rock for the past 10 years, take a look. Jenny Farley, most famously known as JWoww from the hit reality show Jersey Shore needs no introduction. She has had an illustrious career over the last decade, and this is only the beginning. Although she's known best for being herself on MTV, she has her hands in the skincare, fitness, and retail empires. Calling her an entrepreneur does not do it justice. Jenny has over 18 million followers worldwide, and she says it herself, a day does not go by where I don't think about how surreal that is. Outside of being a business mogul, she is a mother of two and the best friend you could ever ask for. Her glowing spirit and powerful work ethic proves that if you give her straw, she'll spin that shit into gold. Welcome to Shmi Show, Jenny Farley! Hello. Hi, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm so excited. First of all, <laughs> thank you so much for carving out time from your very, very busy schedule to oh. come on the Shmi Show. Stop, of course. I always support my friends and... I happen to love this Shmi show. It's so cute. I see it on Instagram. I see your clips on YouTube. You're crushing it. Thank you. Thank you for coming from you, from like the queen of crushing it. That means a lot. So thank you. So for those who have been living under a rock for the past decade, if someone come up to you at a bar and they said, who are you? How would you describe who Jenny is? Jenny or JWoww? Do you, th per is there a, is there a personality switch between the two? There is because I find the fans only know who JWoww is, even okay. though I think Jersey Shore Family Vacation gets to show a little bit more behind the scenes of my family life and my mm -hmm. Jenny life. But mm -hmm. when we used to film, especially the original show, it was always JWoww. So people okay. come up to me expecting that loud, volatile, protective person. But at the end of the day, I'm very introverted, quiet, actually kind of like steer away from the cameras um, because I don't know. My dream is to be behind the scenes rather than in front of. Mm -hmm. Which is how we know each other. And that's the, that's the person that I've come to know and absolutely uh -huh. just obsess about is Jenny. <laughs> so yeah, so let's do that. Let, let's focus on Jenny. So if someone came up and said, who is Jenny? How would you describe yourself? Middle-aged mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, truthfully speaking, most likely you will not see me out past 9 p.m. Uh, quite an introverted mom, always looking for like the next Disney vacation or universal vacation. Um, you know, the simple, quiet life that it's just me, my kids and Zach. It's really, it's nothing like it is on TV. <laughs> totally. But again, nothing is, especially on a reality show where everything's edited and produced for a storyline, but. We all know that. No one, no one's like, oh my God, shocker. It's not real. <laughs> one of the things about you that I just am so inspired by is you have this sort of entrepreneurial energy about you. 
And that is the theme of why I want to talk to you today is how you literally took straw 10 years ago and you spun that shit into gold. Aw, thank you. Was this a game plan in your head when things started to take off and you're like, okay, how can I monetize this? How can I work this in my favor? So I soak every little bit of this out. Great question. Actually, it was before the show aired, season mm. one. Um, mm. I didn't, nobody knew what the show was going to be. I thought it was going to be very high and goodbye. So what I went in, the only reason why I went in the first season was to promote my nightclubs that I worked at. So I wore all my nightclub shirts. I had a bunch of different designs made. I created a website that people could go to. Um, when the show then aired, I then started like creating at home natural um, weight loss products and the sling back yellow shirt from season one and three. I really was just like hustling because back then, before the show, I went to college and I always wanted to open up a graphic de design business and have like right. a business with being an entrepreneur because I was mm -hmm. good, but I never was great. So I wanted to hire people that were better than me. And I wanted to be the middleman and wheeling and dealing. Like my father was a used car salesman. So I always had that in me. And by doing that, it transitioned really well into the show with just naturally trying to find the next hustle um, using it as a platform, but not solely having that as my source of income. Mm -hmm. Totally. And you have your hands in so many different empires. Try. Do you have any? Yeah. I mean, do you have any regrets? Were there any sort of business decisions in the past 10 years that you're like, that was a, like a bad one, but it's a lesson that I took away from it. A ton, a ton. Mm -hmm. I had a few that didn't work out right. And I had a few that... Mm -hmm. That could have that I didn't utilize. I'll never forget sitting on my Facebook with 10 million followers and never yeah. utilizing it. Ne yeah. Nicole being the one, Snooki being the one forcing me on Instagram. She literally <laughs> signed me up to Instagram. And no way. 8 million followers on Instagram. And I was just like, that's where my introverted side overtook my business side. Where... I was too introverted to put myself out there on those platforms that are so wildly like it, huge. I mean, I had 10 million followers before they would put a limit on like how much your reach is. So I had organically wow. always reaching 10 million followers, never used it, cut to the whole forcing my hand to be on Instagram. Those are two big regrets that I didn't follow the trends soon enough and I'm doing mm -hmm. it now. I fucking hate Snapchat and, and, yeah, and the TikTok yeah. thing and I know <laughs> the huge trends and I know that it's important to be there. Mm -hmm. But again, mm -hmm. like I also have this like internal fight of like how much of me do I want to put out there? Cause when you mm -hmm. go down that rabbit hole of four or five, six different networking sites, you literally can put your whole life on the internet. No. And I hold on to the whole, I don't want to put myself, in, unless I'm needing to put myself out there, which is my failure. But it's no, we know here's, I don't see that. I see that as your power. On Instagram and there's a reach limit on 
Facebook and you actually have to pay for your own reach. Oh, and okay. at one point, you know, t- five, six years ago, I could po- put up a post and it would reach 15 million people organically. Now you're reaching 15,000. Mm. So it's just like one of those, like I should have, could have, would have, but didn't. Totally, but it's it's funny because I I see that as almost a glass half empty or glass half full because you have the power in just your name alone to control your narrative in the way of like you said you now only need to go online when you feel the desire to your career isn't this huge dependent on being active on social media every single day you're showing what you want to show. And you're in control of your fucking destiny. And a lot of people are always hustling, especially people who don't come from network fame. They come from Instagram fame, Snapchat fame, YouTube fame. They have to hustle so fucking hard all the time. You're like, time job. you know what? If, I mean, it's a full, it's like a t- it's 10 full-time jobs. AJ would highly disagree, my friend AJ, because I put the brunt of my social media <laughs> on him. Because... <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand, like you said, the Instagram fame and the and the yeah. TikTok fame. And, you know, yeah. we're literally learning TikTok together. Like we don't it's so hard to figure out what's going to go viral and what's not. So and true. my biggest argument to like the younger generation when they're like, I want to just be Instagram famous or TikTok famous. It's like that's not what you should want in life. What you should want is to organically find something you love and then the rest will follow. So if you love, for instance, my fiance's sister loves making slime, but she wants to be Instagram, TikTok famous. I say, put your slime on Instagram and TikTok, put the process on there, put how you create it. And I guarantee organically you'll then get the followers that then will have one of your videos possibly go viral and you'll be known as that person. But don't just put yourself on to put yourself on because I'm sure like you see a lot of people on social media platforms that do it to do it. They're either seen as fakes or it's, it's very short lived for them. Yeah. Yeah. What has been the highlight of your career so far? Uh, It's a good one. (laughs) <laughs> it's so petty but I'm gonna say oh it. god oh god <laughs> back in the day we had no idea how popular we were because MTV never always controlled that narrative they never mm-hmm. wanted us to know but one night after an award show I got wrecked at a nightclub and I was looking up like who is smoking behind me like a cigar I think And it was Leonardo DiCaprio. And we partied all night long. We took selfies. We hung out. Uh Just total, like, cool guys was, like, rehearsing our lines from the show. And, (laughs) you know, it was just one of those moments in time that, like, I wish I could freeze and relive every so often. Because that... You know, I didn't have a care in the world at that point. And a lot of those type of situations were happening. And like my inner, like younger kid, like my TRL kid was screaming on the inside. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. Well, here on the SME show, we also have to do the other side of the coin. So what has been the 
lowest point in your career and how did you find the light to come out of that? Um, lowest point is having, especially being on reality TV is just always having your tea out there, literally. Yeah. Like yeah. you going through a divorce, going through a breakup, mm-hmm. any of it, like even like an argument, even giving a speech at a wedding can be turned into a year long <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, ex- like just exposed for the world to see where you can't even like heal properly. So there's definitely like a tug. And that's why I'm so quiet on social media and I don't Got go it. the extra model. Uh, my roommates, they'll go the extra mile. They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. They love it. Some of them just absolutely love it. And I am envious of that. But at the same time, I appreciate my my like internal struggle of just wanting to be home. (laughs) I mean, totally. That's again, I think why you and I have clicked is that we are those homebodies. Like, Yeah. yeah, you can see me at at the clubs in the city and me going off at all these circuit parties. But most of the time I'm putting on a performance because I'm like, okay, it is one o'clock. We got to wrap this sucker up. I need to be in bed. So I totally get it. So another question that I want to ask you is if, so you talked about what your life was like before, before your fame. So say that didn't happen and it is now 2021. What do you think your sliding glass door life would be like? And would you have been able to find true happiness looking back had your life not gone this way? It's the number one question I ask myself too, because mm-hmm. I was going to school for animation. I had j mm-hmm. designs for mm-hmm. graphic design. But you know as well as I do, trying to be an entrepreneur and live on your own or not live on your own or just trying to make a name for yourself is so incredibly difficult. So I would have that. Then the peer pressure of the Long Island nightclub scene that I was raveled in and just, you know, I was a partier back then. I'm always curious, like, where the hell? Probably in a gutter somewhere. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) I can't for the life of me figure out where I would be in life. I would love Mm. to watch that movie, though, if they made a movie like The Sliding Door. Yeah, just yeah, see yeah, yeah. the other option in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, I would like to take a peek. I know. Just a little peek. Like, right? It's like, okay, that's enough. We can move on now. <laughs> what message, if you had a tombstone that defines your life, what would your mantra or your message be when you leave this, this plane of existence? One day you'll figure it the fuck out. <laughs> that's, that's it. Might not be today or tomorrow, but yeah. one day it'll all make sense and you'll figure it out. <laughs> totally. That was actually a brilliant fucking answer. <laughs> you just recently opened your own retail space in the new mall right right by me. Um, let's talk about it. Tell me everything about from where you got the name, why you decided to open this retail space and what your dream situation would be for your store. The name Heavenly Flower actually came from my daughter. She was um, named after Bethany Maylani Hamilton, the woman that lost her arm to a shark. They made a oh, movie yes. about her. Yes. 
Melani's her middle name, and mm-hmm. I wrote it down years ago, way before my daughter was obviously conceived. We were on a show together on Fox, and it was just beautiful. And her mother said it's um, heavenly flower, it's Chinese and Hawaiian. So right there, I knew that that's if I was to ever have a daughter, that would be her name. Fast forward, Milani and I did a few Fashion Nova mother-daughter um, yes. looks. Mm-hmm. And we do them, and I love them. But during that, Milani always said, like, Mommy, I would love to have this with you. Like, just not with Fashion Nova. Like, I want it, like, with you. And I took the kids to the new American Dream Mom. We went to the Nickelodeon place, had a blast. Yes. But Grayson by accidentally peed his pants. <laughs> oh, no. We're at Nickelodeon, and I'm like, what am I going to do? And one of the, like, CFOs or something of the mall was there, and they're like, yeah. let me take you to the back, and I'll show you where, like, the children's place is. And I'm like, great. And I started, like, walking the mall, because normally I wouldn't do that with the kids. And they were waiting at Nickelodeon, and I'm walking, and... I saw a lot of very unique, um, very unique, unique stores, like not the normal, like Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's. And they're like, oh, these are like one year pop ups. These are small businesses that, um, you know, bought the retail space. And and that's yeah. when it just clicked. And I'll never forget this because I said this to my manager. I said it was easier opening up a huge store in the American Dream Mall than it was to get discount on furniture for my living room. Like it was just meant to be. The mall made that. it so incredibly easy. Yeah. We had it open within three to four months while my furniture was still on standby. <laughs> like, and it just, it's been phenomenal ever since. And Honestly, I'm taking it one day at a time, though, because I don't have, like, a plan. Milani, mm. this is actually from the store. We just took a photo. Milani just took Love. photos of her um, outfits. And we're just going to figure it out. Retail's hard. Having a retail space and employees is harder. But, you know, we're here to at least try it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another reason why you inspire me is you're, you want to get your hands dirty on so many different things. And you're so thinking, funny. like, life is too short. Let's just give this a shot. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. I can yeah. go. I can die peacefully knowing I tried. Tried. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Besides your family, besides your career, what thing in your life brings you the most joy? You're going to actually know this after the fact. Scary movies. <laughs> scary well, movies. Yeah. Uh, scary yeah. t- shows, scary movies. I've backstory to that is when I was mm-hmm. 10 years old, my before VHS, they used to make these things called betas. It was actually smaller than VHS. I think I remember those. Better. So my dad used to have a shit ton of boxes of them in mm-hmm. the attic. And the attic was like connected to my bedroom upstairs. So I used to steal his beta player and the beta tapes and watch all the original scary 70s and 80s movies from Freddy Krueger to like just everything and scare the shit out of me. And then I would have these nightmares. I couldn't tell my dad because he would kill me if he found out. So then I used to have to like 
break the nightmares down so I could be okay with it. And then Mm -hmm. fast forward, I loved these movies so much because then I broke down the fear of them. So then I was like, Oh, like I want to do that. I want to be that actor. I would have, I would have screamed differently here. I would have did this and I would have did that. So it just became like this fantasy of creating my own horror movies and watching them all and watching what works and what doesn't. It's funny that answered my my next question, which was I was going to bring up the scary movies. So let's hop into that. What is your favorite scary movie? I don't have one. I have different ones for different reasons. So Paranormal Activity is good. And the the original, not the not the ones made after two and three. They were awful. But one, just what it was, psychological thriller. You have no idea what's going on. Low budget. They really did wonders with just the psychological aspect. Um, Then you have Scream being a very sticky, like hometown murderer and mm-hmm. in the 90s with Nev Campbell was just very iconic in that time and then you have the one with the I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden the one with the um, the uh, uh, like the little clown on the bike why am I not remembering oh wait what it no no um, it's going right over bike. my head the, uh, I don't even know. It was they were like my favorite movies. Oh, I don't like, know. I'm, oh, 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 saw, 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 saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw. So then you have that psychological aspect of where you're not killing people, but you're allowing people to choose their own deaths. And yes. So, I love them for their own like genres or their own setups, but mm-hmm. I also love them for the fact that they're not. CGI, they're not over the top, yeah. they're not like mm-hmm. it's more of the storyline. Anything with Absolutely. a good storyline. Yeah, yeah. Cause you're recently reading Stephen King's book about how write to it. write it. Yeah. And when you shared that with me, I was like, you're on the right track. Cause Stephen King is one of my favorite authors alone Same. just for the writing. But the fucking Gerald's stories. Game. In a oh. in the book, not the movie Gerald's game. Mm-hmm. I could never finish in the book because it freaked me out so much just how intense his writing was. I ended up later on going back recently within the last two years and watched the movie on it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, they didn't do the book justice Mm -hmm. because I got through the movie just fine. That book, Mm -hmm. the way he can write, mind blowing. Mm -hmm. But if you can write something. Yeah, you can actually translate it into movies. So I was using that as a guide to like, if I was to write out a script or write something out, how will mm-hmm. I translate that? Mm-hmm, totally. My favorite Stephen King book slash movie is it. Because the storyline just, yes. like, I get chills when I think about it. Because, again, it comes off like, oh, a killer clown. I'm like, oh, there are fucking layers to this story. Yeah. yeah, and how he writes it. And he talks about in his writing book how it, that junkyard was in the backyard of one of his houses. Like he took a lot of personal experiences that he had gone through as a kid and translated them to it, Gerald's game and other types of writings that he did, but they all stem from his 
life. I love it. I love it. So why do you feel like no one knows this about you? Because I feel like you never share your love of horror online. That's the other thing. Like, I, I don't know when I'm ready to. I don't know, mm. like, when that will be. Again, it's very hard to transition from the reality world to being like, hey, I have an opinion on something else. <laughs> you get typecast. So yeah. that being said... You, you know, if JWoww from the Jersey Shore has an opinion on horrors, it's like nobody wants to see that. Yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> you and I were like, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jenny. Well, thank you so much for, again, carving out some time to come on the Shmi Show. I had a great time talking to you today. Always. I appreciate you having me. Is there anything you want to plug before we head out? Nope. I just love you and hope to see you soon. Absolutely. All right. Have a great day, Jenny. Bye. You too.